Hey guys, welcome back to <laughs> PNC, and this is hard. This is hard. Very aptly named today because we're going to be talking about how to talk about hard things. We are recording in October. This has been a big week for our nation. Mm-hmm. We had a debate, a presidential debate, on Tuesday. And then today, COVID hit the White House. Yeah. So it's a real, real right now. Um, so the first thing I was going to talk about and chime in wherever you guys feel like. I'm sure we have lots of anecdotes about mm-hmm. our own experiences related mm-hmm. to these things. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about was how to talk to your kids about COVID. Um, yeah. So um, we've all been sort of grappling with this, and we have kids at various ages and stages developmentally. Um, so... How do we talk about it? Um, I pulled some information off of PBS, um, and they had a, at pbs.com, they did sort of 10 tips for parents about how to talk to kids about COVID, so I kind of uh, went off of that. I love PBS. I know. They're doing um, a segment, um, it will be over, but you guys can look at it, um, about um, racism and racial concerns, and mm, it's airing nice. October 7th or 9th. Awesome. So cool. I'm like, ah, they, they can also help with these Thank hard goodness, conversations. People are still funding PBS, so exactly. we have PBS in our lives. Ooh, I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so they recommend the first priority to be to talk about safety um, mm-hmm. and just calm the anxiety, calm the amygdalas, yeah. <laughs> Misty and I would say, since we have that neurodevelopmental history, um, and just to remind them that there are things that we can do, yeah. like, that, you know, explaining what it is, but that there's ways to deal with this. Um, really important for us to stay calm and mm-hmm. to also share that it will pass. Yeah. It's not like it's here forever. Yeah. It won't last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but though we have to take precautions to, mm-hmm. to help stop it. Like we can't just wish it away or say that it will just disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we, there are things that we have to do to help it go away or to d- diminish it. Um, mm-hmm. And how can we um, be active in that? Right. Mm-hmm. And so the second point is just in line with that. It says facts first. Let them ask the questions. And I liked this tip is that you answer what they ask and you don't have to give extra information. I think that's important for younger kids specifically. Absolutely. Because you could unintentionally feed anxiety if you start saying, oh, and did you know that (laughs) actually, um, so maybe don't do that. Um, And then another thing you pointed out, Misty, is, um, or I think you maybe I just inferred this from what you said, but like that we can do things and that can be an empowerment piece. So we give kids the power. Like these are the things, it's an emotional need for them to have power and control over things. So how do they do that? We talk to them about how well they can wash their hands, Mm -hmm. singing happy birthday two times, 20 seconds, Mm -hmm. how many times and after what activities should they be washing their hands? Yeah, definitely. Um, All of that stuff. I know Memphis goes to a child care facility, and as soon as he walks in, 
they have him wash his hands and then I don't even know how many times throughout the day, but when he's leaving the facility, they have him washing his hands. He's going to be a surgeon when he grows up. Like, he's three, and he washes in between his fingers and all over and, like, on his wrist. It's so funny. I'm like, oh, my God. He's got he that could... little scrub brush. Exactly. He's just scrubbing. He's going to teach all of us how to wash that well. But, yeah, being mindful of that and washing your hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Another thing that they recommend is to prep them for what to expect. I mean, this one's kind of a no-brainer. Like, we talk about how to help kids with transitions and all these things. Letting them know, like, we're going to go to this place, and this is what we're going to have to do, and we'll probably need to stand in line, and we're probably going to have to wait until a certain number of people come out or, you know. Mm -hmm. know. Right. Well, and then also, like, different guidelines for mask wearing, right? So the state of Colorado, it's mandated that people wear masks in any public facility or place. But if you go to like Summit County, it's everybody has to wear it no matter where you go. Outside and inside. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And they don't have an age range. I think it's below three. Um, But, you know, in major cities, it's 11 and up. So anyone that's 10 and under. Yeah, so people don't know that. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, so I looked it up because we went to Brackenridge and Little Memphis didn't have his mask on. And uh, one of the workers was like, he has to wear a mask. It's Colorado state law. Well, to be fair, he looks like a six-year-old. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. He's, he's huge. huge. <laughs> and so I looked it up, and it said, no, 10 and it's, – it's actually 11 and older are supposed to be wearing their masks wherever it says everyone needs to wear a mask. But some wow. counties can say we – we understand that, but we're lowering the age to three. Superseding yeah, states exactly. Yeah. So you have to be really mindful about that and explaining mm-hmm. to your kids who maybe don't want to wear it, like, you have to wear it, yeah. you know? And um, if you go into a privately owned p- facility like Home Depot or Walmart, that is a privately owned facility. And if they say wear the mask, you got to wear the mask. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just talking about, like, the reasons why. They're doing it for your safety, for everyone else's safety. Yeah. Danan, I'm curious how this goes with teenagers. So in our house, sometimes the boys can tell me more than I know, right? They have access to news and information just like Mm -hmm. I do. So Carter and Andrew are almost 17, almost 19, so they're practically adults here. I would say the thing that we've dealt with the most are anxieties about being home, not mm-hmm. going to school, mm-hmm. not having a similar school schedule to what they were used to, not being around friends. Um, you know, Andrew's peer group left for college, mm-hmm. and that was kind of an interesting topic when that time happened Andrew was really upset and felt lonely that all of his friends were saying goodbye and leaving did they go to any of the schools that ended up oh of course shut down majority well no majority of his friends are over at CU Uh so they're not shut down but they are in quarantine Mm -hmm. and so that was a big thing it was a it produced anxiety it made Andrew feel isolated and um you know I think a little bit regretful of his decision to stay home this year. Even now? now. Well, now, in hindsight, no. So me being the mom I am, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right away, I was like, Andrew, you can't have this kind of mindset. I tell you what, it's going to be no more than six weeks, and your friends that are going away for school are going to be mandated to be stuck in their dorms. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be allowed to leave their dorm except to use the bathroom. And that was not far from the truth. 
so his friends that are in at CU in Boulder, mm-hmm. have literally been stuck in their dorms receiving paper bags with three meals a day. Jeez. Wow. So now, in hindsight, he's thinking, well, yeah, absolutely. What we talked about several weeks ago became the truth. And so kind of like what you're saying to younger kids, prepping them for what's to come. I think I have that forward outlook that Mm -hmm. the ability to kind of see what's coming and prepping our boys to understand what's to come. Mm -hmm. So one of the more recent conversations is we're heading into our colder months. Yeah. Yeah. So these liberties and freedoms that we've been so used to having now that we, you know, kind of loosened Mm -hmm. up some of these restrictions with coronavirus will probably be put back in place. Yeah. And so quite honestly, we all have to consider the potential of being stuck at home again for potential quarantine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's hard about to say. Too. Stay at home order status again. Yeah. yeah. So um, then we'll be having these conversations again of yeah. like, how do you talk to your kids yeah. about Tune these back things? in because <laughs> we'll revisit this. Re-entering society again <laughs> yeah. after yeah. being quarantined. Yeah. And, well, yeah. and, you know, looking at... COVID has hit the president and his mm-hmm. wife um, mm-hmm. when it's been basically said that it doesn't exist. It's not real. And now to all of the it's non-believers, not it's, it's not a hoax. Yeah, it's so. now here. It's true. Um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. so. Yeah, so now it's, those I think, people I think may have to be this having has never happened before. Yeah, I don't think the White House has ever. I mean, maybe maybe there was something like with the Spanish flu or something that I don't yeah. know about historically, but I don't think this has ever happened. Yeah. Um, the I'm going to kind of whiz through these last ones just so we can get on to some other really major mm-hmm. events that we're having to talk about that are hard things. Um, so empathy, of course. Yeah. We Not diminishing how kids feel about this. They might be pissed yeah. off. They might be, you know, resentful. They might... Be sad, anxious, all of the things. And we don't have to agree with them, but we cannot judge them. Yeah. So just to be conscious in how we... Yeah. Well, and also noticing, like, behaviors. Like, if you're noticing your kids are regressing... Huge for me in my house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Adler went through this time where he just, God, was arguing with us about everything and just being extremely defiant. And Randall and I were like, what is going on with him? And we were tucking Adler in one night and he was like, I'm just so tired of seeing you guys. Like, I see you guys all the time. Good for him. I know. And I was like, well, you... To be able to identify. Exactly. I'm sure it hurt a little bit. I mean, it did. And a little bit, I was just like, well, you know, you can see the next door neighbors and stuff. And then he was like, I hate COVID. So it was like this underlying, I hate COVID. I hate that it's changed everything. I hate that I can't see my friends. I miss my teacher. But had I not actually stopped to listen and just was looking at his behaviors and consequencing those behaviors, Mm -hmm. like that gut reaction that maybe parents are having right now, um, but actually just listening, like listening to him and having this empathy and not just looking at like, why is he regressing so much? Why is he, you know, pushing back? Um, Mm -hmm. But as soon as he said that, you know, my heart broke and... Yeah. yeah, we have yeah we have to provide empathy and support and um, information about why we're doing this. It's not because mm-hmm. he's in trouble, um, and that we care about him. And this too will pass. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a struggle, but it will pass. But yeah, it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking because 
so many kids feel the same way and maybe don't have words to articulate and just saying, I'm sick of you guys, <laughs> sick of being at home. Or parents like, to stop and hear what they exactly had mm-hmm. to say. or yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, parents' stress, I'm sure, like mm-hmm. plays into whether or not they mm-hmm. have the capacity to be to stop and yeah. listen and respond empathically and not be reactive. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so other things, and you can, again, find these at, oh, I'm sorry, I think I said PD, pbs.com. It's actually pbs.org. Um, are just being aware of you know, the expectations that you have of kids, just like Misty mm-hmm. was saying. You know, my daughter had a regression, too, and we had potty trained, and now we're back to peeing our pants. And, you know, like I was... Of course, very worried and concerned, and had a meeting with the teacher. And but I mean, what else can I expect of her? You know, yeah. she's had all of these changes. Her sister left her preschool because she went on to kindergarten. We got a puppy. Oh, we yeah. are <laughs> in this weird pandemic world. She mm-hmm. moved classrooms. All of those things occurred within like the yeah. three a three week time period. So what? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Being mindful so, yeah. of development. So if state. your children are having potty accidents, I know that this can be one of the most frustrating things to parents being woken up in the middle of the night. Um, please be patient. Please yeah. be patient. Yeah. And now their little bodies are just it's, trying to acclimate and they're not, not doing defiance. it on purpose. Mm-mm. Yeah. So I know it can be hard. I, I get it. Yeah. And you're not alone. And just practice patience and kindness and empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so other things you can find at the site. So I'm just going to sort of pivot over to another critical topic for us to explore, talk about. Um, in the midst of this pandemic, we had the tragic event of George Floyd's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that, really, um, I mean, you're all listening to this not in real time, but mm-hmm. this happened, you know, m- months back. But there has been uh, a season in this country of social reckoning that's long overdue. Um, Mm -hmm. And so how do we talk to kids about that? Um, So, I mean, I bet we could spend an hour talking about this. Yeah, so um, much time. Mm -hmm. I think that the first thing is I call myself white. Mm-hmm. And all of us here in this in this room call ourselves white. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say call ourselves white because race is not a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's something that we created to oppress people and for other people to have power. Um, so I'd say that the, the biggest thing is that as parents and caregivers, we are critical to changing this phenomenon. We are critical in um, this race war ending and coming to a place of equality um and we're critical to that change process and i think for folks that are white we often avoid talking about it because it is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. i mean to really evaluate our history as white people that's a that's a sobering difficult thing to come to terms with um so i think our one of our first steps would be to educate ourselves um and definitely something that i've started doing over this pandemic as well Mm -hmm. is uh, listening. You know, there's so many resources out there. I've been listening to some good Mm -hmm. podcasts, reading good books. We can put some links in our Facebook to where Mm -hmm. to find those. Um, Well, and there's so many different um, documentaries that are now coming out Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, are suggested for everyone to watch just to kind of educate um, all of us on, like, what we could be doing differently and better. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we are fortunate to live in, in 
this time period where all those things are available to us. Mm-hmm. Well, and to kind of just tandem on this, because we are about parents and about having children, that the sad, sad truth is that women of color do not get the same level of care at mm-hmm. times that Caucasian I women do. I think their do. mortality rate it's, it's is so much like higher. four times mm-hmm. ours. Yeah, yeah. and, and we, ha- we have to advocate for that. We have to say mm-hmm. medical professions they deserve better like people Mm -hmm. of color deserve to have equality even Mm -hmm. when they go having like having a baby or needing support systems and um, you know we can turn a blind eye and pretend like it doesn't happen um, but it happens all the time and I think even with c-sections women of color are almost forced more often to have Mm c-sections than Caucasian women and you know, we, we can't just pretend like it's not happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I came across a really good resource while I was preparing to, to kind of bring up how to talk to kids about Black Lives Matter. Um, there's It's based out of the U.K. It's called Yupi, Y-O-O-P-I-E. Um, so if, if you Google how to talk to kids about Black Lives Matter, it'll it'll be one in the, it was First. in the top okay. few. Um and so they have like a resource guide, which is super cool. That has at like resources, activities, tips for families, um, how to empower children to work towards racial equality. And you guys, you can't see it, but Gretchen literally printed out. Well, Danan and Gretchen literally <laughs> printed out this handbook, and it says a parent's guide to Black Lives Matter. So you know, mm-hmm. download it, print it out. I mean, it's. It's beautiful. It's full of great stuff, and it has all these wonderful resources from books to podcasts to films, documentaries, and it breaks them up by age, which is super cool. Yeah, it is. Um, So just a few. I know we don't have enough time to give this subject matter the attention that it deserves, but just to touch on a few quick things... um, I think that um, one key thing would be not to think about racial identity. Um, like, I think we have a tendency to not think about our racial identity unless we are negatively impacted by our na- racial identity, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't have to think about my whiteness. Well, that's because of my privilege. Mm-hmm. And so talking about those things with kids. Um, because of the George Floyd events, I went to the protests. I took my kids to the protests with me. And I went early. I mean, when things were... Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I didn't that. know they weren't going to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't safe. And my, my daughter, I think mostly because of the noise, was terrified. Mm-hmm. But the conversations that came out of, why are we doing this, Mommy? Because it's just to hear out of the mouths of babes these questions, you know. Yeah. Um, and I said, well, honey, because for a long time... Um, things have not been fair for brown and black people. Yeah. And we need to do something about it. And so it is, you, there is kid-appropriate language and ways yeah. to talk about this. And, you know, then you're going to suffer the consequence of that, which is then my daughter, who happened, and I don't know why this was the situation, <laughs> but she had, like, this troll's boombox with her that has a megaphone function. <laughs> and so she immediately starts, and because she, she had asked, like, why did this happen? Who did it happen to? I showed her a picture of George Floyd. And she said, who did this? I said, well, police police did this to him she gets on the megaphone the windows are down because it's a warm day and she starts yelling i hate police i told 
honestly, oh, now I mean, and I was like, honey, honey, no, 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 no. That's yeah. not what we're trying to say here. There are mm-hmm. lots of good policemen. Yeah. Policemen are there to help us, and they are there to serve us. And unfortunately, just like all groups of people, some of them are bad. And yeah. so this is why we're doing this. So kids are smart. Yeah. They, they will start they to are. connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think another thing that may come up for white people is with addressing white privilege, it's not an attack on white people, right? It's a reflection no. of the reality that we live in. Absolutely. And how to sort of, like, disconnect ourselves from, like, that, I think, that, that you can become defensive um, because, you know, people don't want to take responsibility. But if we aren't taking responsibility and aren't being a part of the solution, we are putting more onus on black and brown and indigenous people to do it for themselves as they always have. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, those are my uh, <laughs> talking points. But I mean, I, I know that you guys lived this thing as well, and I'm curious to hear what conversations you had with your kids. Well, you can take it. Your kids are older. So, yeah, speaking from my perspective with the older children, uh, for us, a lot of conversations around what is white privilege and how did that look like in our lives? Mm-hmm. How did that affect Andrew and Carter and me and Sean? Um, and really just instead of being angered by the, the situation. And then I think for a moment there was this um, question of, well, don't we all matter? And that we had yeah. to take a few steps back. Well, mm-hmm. of course we all do matter, mm-hmm. but the bigger problem is, there's been such mistreatment and Mm -hmm. people have been getting away with this right Mm -hmm. so why is that happening and just really digesting what that white privilege looked like so for us here at home um being able to give andrew and carter the opportunity to talk about it from their perspective their viewpoint um i think you know andrew recently took an ap class on african american history Mm -hmm huge, huge thing for our family to be able to have those conversations. It was so fresh in his mind. Mm, that's awesome. And then he was able to teach his brother something. Mm-hmm. And so we just, you know, we're, we're still working through it. Um, I think continually trying to wrap our head around what does white privilege look like and how mm-hmm. do we relate that to what we do every day? Mm-hmm. You know, white mm-hmm. privilege of just driving in your car and not being profiled by a police officer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So something that simple. Mm-hmm. Or not being profiled at the grocery store by security. Right. Mm-hmm. So things yeah. like that, just breaking it down into smaller pieces where the boys can really understand what that means. Yeah. yeah. I love that you brought up that all lives matter thing because that's just such a challenging mm-hmm. thing when mm-hmm. people are spouting that off. And this... Yeah. Um, this resource guide had this great has this great little link to this um, illustration uh, comic strip, and there's two people there, and one of the people has a fire hose, and there's two houses, and one of them's on fire, and the guy with the hose is spraying the house that's not on fire, um, and so the other guy is like, "Why? What are you doing?" And he was like, "Well, all houses matter," and he was like, "Yes, all houses matter, but right now that one's on fire." Yes, that's and, good and you know, like yeah. uh, to mm-hmm. talk to kids about it in those terms really can like hone in on, yeah, that is true, <laughs> but right now we need to go where the issue is, yeah. and that's with Black people. Yeah, 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a great way to put it, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, in our household, um, you know, we have been really blessed to have um, a, a pretty diverse population of friends. And so for me, um, it's a lot of exposure, um, listening to um, people of color, my brown friends, my black friends, and learning about their communities, their culture, mm -hmm. and trying to integrate it into our lives the best that we can. Um, really watching TV shows. Like yeah. one of our favorite household TV shows right now is One Day at a Time. It's a new um, Netflix series. Well, I don't know how new it is, but it's absolutely amazing. It's about this Cuban family. Um, and they hit on so many topics like this. And I really like my kids watching it because they are really acting out and communicating what is happening in mm -hmm. our um in our community and right. around the United States right now. And I really, really like that. Um, and I appreciate that. And I just remember when Zoe was little, um, and like two or three, um, she had um, this brown baby doll and it was her favorite baby doll. And she would take it wherever we would go. And I remember people being really judgmental about this white little girl having a brown baby doll. Mm -hmm. um, and what, her not understanding it. Uh, white people yeah. um, having a hard time with it. Um, specifically, we, we traveled. We were in um, the airport, and she had her little baby. And we had to go through the security lines, and uh, somehow it got lost. And... I could hear people around us going, like, do you see that little white girl? She's got a brown baby doll. Like, like it was a problem for them, and I thought it was just so weird. And Where were you traveling? We were going, we were going to Mexico. Were you in the Denver airport? We were in the Denver airport. Damn. Yeah, and so, you know, immediately we, we noticed we couldn't find the doll. I don't know if somebody took the baby doll. I don't know if it just got dis displaced. I don't know. But, you know, we had to search around, and, and sadly it's hard to find... A, a baby doll. Not, like, not now. Not now, thank mm -hmm. God, but back then. Yeah. Um, but I was always so, like, excited that, you know, we were kind of breaking some of those barriers a little bit, or at least, you know, creating conversation around it. But, you know, I just think exposure, I think educating ourselves around, mm -hmm. um, like, how other people feel. Like, you know, other, every life matters, but, yes, we have to look at the ones that are really suffering because mm -hmm. of their ethnicity um, or where they come from. So it's a hot topic. It really Absolutely. is. And I just wish people could just stop and listen instead of running each other over about why their opinion is or, more important uh, than somebody else's lost. opinion. Feeling just like mm -hmm. they are more important yeah. and mm -hmm. yeah, deserving, which is yeah. very sad. Yeah. But here at PNC, and this is hard, we just want you to know that we're sending so much love out mm -hmm. to all of you and that we are doing the best that we can um, to be better Caucasians around supporting, um, mm -hmm. you know, doing what we can do. And, you know, if you, again, have suggestions, um, if you feel like there are things that you would like to hear us talk about, um, let us know. Let us know on Facebook. Email, email us. Look mm -hmm. for us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. We care about you guys. This is hard. Yeah, it is hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to This Is Hard, our podcast celebrating the hilarious, beautiful, horrific, mysterious, untold, unspoken, disgusting, and amazing adventures of becoming and being a parent. Brought to you by Misty White, Gretchen Levy, and me, Danan Moore.
To learn more about This Is Hard, our podcast, follow our organization, Parenting Naked Collaborative, on the web at parentingnaked.com, on Facebook or Instagram at Parenting Naked. Thank you, and until next time, be well.